As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Cowboys and Eagles, Christmas Eve this time around, and we're here to preview it all on a holiday edition of About Them Cowboys. Welcome in. I'm Kent Producing, joined by three of the best of the best when it comes to breaking down all things Dallas Cowboys from The Athletic. Your stars slash Cowboys guy, Saad Youssef. Your Cowboys guy all the time, it's John Mishoda, and currently off Make sure you tune in on Terrestrial Radio in the new year to 97.1 in the mornings. Because that is where KT does his work on a daily basis. He's here to lead us through this one again. Hey, KT. What's up? Hello, Kent. And uh, hello, boys. Um, I think we should be very clear that the time we are recording this is Wednesday afternoon. Because we don't know if Jalen Hurts is going to play or not. So we'll discuss the game from that standpoint a little bit as well. Um, we have the latest injury updates from the Cowboys and try to figure out how the heck they're going to cover the Eagles wide receivers, whether it's Jalen Hurts or Gardner Minshew. So let's have a little fun. I'll be honest. was really, really excited about doing this podcast today on Saturday of last week. I thought the Cowboys were going to win, and then thought it was all going to be they're going to find a way to win one, and then let the Eagles slip, catch him, get the one one seed. Optimistic guy I am. I don't know why I said that like Yoda. Man, the <laughs> amount 
of intrigue that this game lost based on Noah Brown just not catching that pass is more than 50%. I know that it kind of matters still, sort of, but what a buzzkill. And I'm not sure that I've recovered from it as we're in the middle of the week. John, where are you at out there, man? I agree. I agree. I feel like we almost have to shift that excitement all the way to the playoffs and maybe these two teams meet in the divisional round, but yeah, it's not the same at all. And then to see that Jalen hurts his injury uh, is enough that he hasn't been practicing the last couple of days. I expect Gardner Minshew to be their starter. I think the Cowboys are, are planning on that. I mean, they're obviously ready for both, but I think that they believe that Gardner Minshew will end up being the starter and that makes a ton of sense. Why would you want to put Jalen hurts out there to potentially make the injury that he has to his throwing shoulder worse. And let's be honest, what is this game? They only have to win one more game and of their final three to win the division, get the number one seed, you know, have home field throughout. And I, I, I don't think they're going to have any problem doing that. And so I think this makes a ton of sense to, to rest him for this game. And I think that the Cowboys should win this game. And if that happens, then what do you have? You have two Cowboys Eagles games this season, one in Philadelphia, one by the home team who is playing against a team with their backup quarterback. And then you would have uh, a Cowboys team winning at home, beating a team that was playing with their backup quarterback. So you're not really getting the real championship type matchup we were hoping for until potentially the divisional round. And I know that seems like that's way, way, way down the road. But yeah, I agree with you. It's not it's not the same. And heck, I even take it to a little bit different level on that, KT, because not only before the... Noah Brown ball tipped up, intercepted, pick six, game over. There was a portion on Sunday where it looked like the Bears might be able to pull off, you know, this upset of the Eagles. And if that was to happen and the Cowboys would have held on and won, now this this game on Saturday would be for everything. That would be, you know, to the point where I'm bringing this up because I think that Jalen Hurts does play. If, if, if all of those things had happened, I don't think this is a significant enough injury where he wouldn't play. I just think where they're at, the Cowboys losing, it makes too much sense to just let him get some rest. Yeah. I think, you know, going back to John's point about the bear, I was going to say that like, for me, like just the swing of where things went from the bears were tightly playing the Eagles to where it is now is just dramatically different. Um, and this was going to be like one of those, uh, you know, not to, make it too much better you know anytime there's like those big interconference games they call them like you know super bowl something and a half like that would have almost kind of been this kind of level for i i think for like so many of the marbles i mean you literally you're talking about all of you know all of home field advantage being on the line whatever but kt like for me you know the way that i kind of and my my focus and i i guess my view of this game has shifted it's gone from you know this game meaning so much to really honing in on a lot of individual battles. So for me, I'm really going to be focused on how does the Cowboys defensive line stack up against the offensive line of the Eagles? Um, how do the defensive backs match up against the receivers? Not necessarily the production because, hey, Minshew might not hit all his receivers the way Jalen Hurts would. But I guess it goes from a more holistic macro view of the game to now more of a micro looking at individual battles and individual things because whether Jalen Hurts plays or not, and he and like John said, he probably won't, this is still in a lot of those individual categories, still a really good measuring stick for a lot of different uh, areas for the Cowboys. 
Um, and I, and I think that's kind of where my focus is going to shift now this Saturday. Yeah. And it's, it's, um, I, when I start to think about things, okay, you could get some confidence from, uh, you know, getting a win. I don't know if that changes whether you beat the team or not with Jalen Hurts or without Jalen Hurts. Obviously, it doesn't make sense for the Eagles to announce that Jalen Hurts is not playing until 155 on Sunday which, or on Saturday, which is probably what we're going to get, right? We're probably going to get them, have, leave the question, question mark tag on, and then they say that he's not playing at 155 on Sunday afternoon. There's some things that the Cowboys, though, can get going defensively. Stopping the run would be great. Stopping the pass would be great. All right, that that ought to help. But man, I I uh, I feel like you know getting the win and just kind of getting back on track before you get to the playoffs is more than anything. I, that is important. But I'm just more worried about getting guys healthy. And some of the guys that we need to get healthy aren't coming back. So that's where it's almost. This is why Jerry was so frustrated last year because of how healthy they were entering the playoffs. John has said that on this podcast a million times. That really probably bugged Jerry a lot. They had the best chance because they were so healthy and then they lost at home. And it's a little, it's almost the reverse now. And they were looking, you know, okay, middle of the year, but now they are. So just kind of running down the NFC. They're one of more one of the more beat up teams in the NFC at this point of playoff contenders. So I, I wish I could say I'm in that weird line of like, how do you even gear up for the playoffs when you're trying to preserve your players and have them as healthy as can be, but also needing to win and you know get some positive vibes going again. But it, then I can't help but remember, man, we just spent like two weeks, really almost a month, talking about bringing in Odell Beckham and going for it all. And it just feels like it shifted because of one really bad play or bad game in Jacksonville. I don't know. So, so you're not getting 2010 vibes at all? Okay, walk me back. Hold on, 2010. <laughs> we're, we're talking six seed Green Bay Packers? We're you're talking, telling me quarterback goes on a we're talking week 14, lost to the Lions. I mean, that's embarrassing enough. You shouldn't even have a chance to go zero. They should be eliminated right there. Week 15, lose at New England. And then week 16, week 17, boom. Went over Giants, went over Bears. Next thing you know, playoffs, wild card, win at Philly, win at Atlanta, win at Chicago, playing at AT&T Stadium, Super Bowl, boom, done. It's that easy. That's just what they have to do, follow that same blueprint. Wasn't that team beat up, KT? That was a very beat up team, and that wasn't team that, wasn't that also like Aaron Rodgers missing a chunk of that season though. Like no, 20, 2010, he was there for it all. That wasn't oh, yeah, was? that wasn't okay. one of his hurt years. Uh, the the key thing there. <laughs> see, it's funny. You talk, oh, you win the last two games, dude. They only got in the playoffs. I know I say this all the time. They only got in the playoffs because of this, uh, Deshaun Jackson punt because they punted to Deshaun. Yeah, when you need other crap to happen for you to get in and make a run. But here's the one thing, and this is where we don't know yet. I don't have any idea uh, what T.Y. Hilton is going to bring this team, right? But the quarterback went on a heater. That is exactly what happened, even though they only think put up 10 oh, or 13 points in the championship sure game. are you sure it wasn't Brandon Jackson, John Kuhn, and James Stark in that daunted running attack? Jesus, that's terrible. So, oh. Honestly, <laughs> John Kuhn is pretty awesome. What what really got him there it's was Jay badass. Cutler. 
Jay Cutler threw a pass to B.J. Raji in the NFC Championship game. Let <laughs> me rephrase this. Their second leading rusher at 356 yards was Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> this team won the Super Bowl. Aaron Rodgers was hurt that year. He was For he one game. He missed one game. Okay. F- old he Flynn got out there. Game. Yeah. O- old Flynn uh, got out there. That was and the only reason time. why I remember. <laughs> old Flynn went out there. And, oh, maybe that's all just one game. Okay, that's the whole season. I was going to say he threw 66 times, but that's on the season. It was okay. a different time. But even Aaron Rodgers during the regular season that year, 28 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. I mean, it wasn't crazy. They were great so Aaron banged Rogers. up that year, though. Like, my God. I think they set a record for most players used in a season uh, while winning the Super Bowl or something Hold on, like let me that. Let me look at where this defense was going. Let's see if we have a Micah Parsons slash Clay Matthews. Trayvon Clay Diggs. Matthews, Charles Woodson. Ooh, Traymon Williams, six interceptions that year. That's okay. a lot. Charles Woodson, can your matchup guy right. definitely get hurt? Nick Collins got hurt in that game after he returned an interception for a touchdown. 13 and a half similar. sacks from Clay Matthews. So that's your Micah Parsons. Who was second on that team in sacks, KT, with seven? Oh, geez. Uh, Nick Perry? No. Bart Starr. <laughs> Close. No. Neither one was correct. A gentleman by the name of Cullen Jenkins had seven. Okay. BJ Raji had six and a half, and then Frank Zombo had four. So, yeah, I don't know how the Cowboys can compare to that. Oh, Brady Papinga was on that. T- okay, I'm done. I've taken this down. <laughs> no, well, no, it's no. it's a. <laughs> you lost me the, at Frank Zombo. Sorry. The, the difference is that was a team on the outside looking in. The Cowboys yeah. are in. This is right, way right. different. Right. And I know there's an added playoff. The, the added seed doesn't matter unless the Cowboys completely fell apart. And that would still be. <laughs> There would still be other teams who have to like do their part and win games, but like you know, we're crash coursing towards the towards a, you know, a game against the four seed. So we're crash coursing. We're crash coursing to February Arizona halftime show. Rihanna, sorry, that's what it feels like, right? Oh, when we were courting Odell Beckham, and now it's like, oh god, can we get past one game? And again, okay, yes, the defense struggled last week. Jacksonville threw the kitchen sink at the Cowboys. Okay. They absolutely were going to things in their playbook that they haven't brought out yet. Like there was a lot of things going on, not making excuses. Not only did you not stop them, you did not stop the run. Like you not stopped them through the air. You not stopped the run. And they're giving up six or seven yards of carry. So problematic, right? I don't think, this just automatically gets fixed. They're going to have some hard conversations with Micah Parsons and how they're going to handle that. Maybe he plays less defensive end. But, dude, your cornerback situation is not getting better. And, dude, unless dude, are they going to play McKenzie Alexander or something, which you've, you've mentioned that name a few times? Are they going yeah. to play him? That's a possibility. And then have Bland on the outside. I mean, that's got to be in play. I mean, all things are on the table right now with how bad Kelvin Joseph was, the fact that – Let's not act like that was just some outlier from Kelvin Joseph. It's not like he's given you a lot of hope that he's going to come in there and run away with it. And and during this entire time, Nashawn Wright has been behind him. So that tells you what they think of Nashawn Wright. Their hand was forced. Nashawn Wright had to go out there and play. Maybe Nashawn Wright is out there uh, Saturday night or Saturday afternoon. Or maybe it's Deron Blango is the outside and Mackenzie Alexander comes in and plays uh, in the slot. When I watched the Eagles play, I feel, I see it, and I feel it, and then I watch them play without A.J. Brown, and you can see that something's missing, right? Like, that was a huge trade, and we knew right. it would be. 
Yeah. But you can see it in that that was the game. I believe that was the game where they struggled to, to get past the Colts. Uh, and he missed a couple of games. I was adding up some numbers. You know, have a little fun. I promise you I'm not going down this road fully. Let's go. How many catches do A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith have combined this year? Oof. Oh. Um. It's 145. Okay. Okay. 74 yeah. for A.J. Brown. 71 catches for Devontae Smith. 15 the 70, and, 71 for Devontae Smith is surprising. Yes. So 15th and 20th in the league in receptions. C.D. Lamb. As in the 80s already, he's uh, I think he's like 10th in the league in receptions. How many catches do CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper have this year? <laughs> oh, that's that's close. That's not that far off. Amari Cooper, I mean, and especially, you know what else might even factor in there is if they never went back to Sean Watson. I actually thought Amari Cooper was playing better before. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I know Amari's numbers are really nice this year. I looked at him not too long ago. It's like 67 catches. CeeDee Lamb is 81, so 148 catches. Three more catches for Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb. Then A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. I think that's that's uh, something that I've been thinking about a lot because the defense we rode for a long time, the offense absolutely has stepped up. Dak's interceptions are a problem right now. They have been. We all know that. Whether they're his fault or not, they're a problem. To me, it's like one of the ways that I think you can like just make things a little bit more forgivable is if your offense was a little bit more explosive. Just a little bit more explosive. The offense has been good. I'm not – dude, the Cowboys offense has been good. But there's like just this big breaker, and then I end up going, okay, so wide receivers going into the year before the A.J. Brown trade, I was going to the Cowboys have the advantage there. No, no, not there. Running backs, we can flip a coin there. We're all good with that. Offensive line, Eagles probably, yeah. And then you start going across the board, and you're like, okay, well, the Eagles are a much better team than the Cowboys. And I'm not sure that I felt that way even after the Eagles beat the Cowboys. Like, I felt toss-up. And now – because I think of injuries have set in so much, you find yourself going, yeah, the Eagles are a little more primed to do this than we are. And that, to me, is something that's been in my head for a couple of days. It's been it's bugging me a little bit. Yeah. Am I wrong? Well, I, I don't think you're wrong. I think it's, I, I think it's you know, it, it comes down to, for me, one, the injuries, and two, it's just the timeliness of the plays. Like, when... When the Eagles have to squeeze something out, when they have to make plays and pull away, they actually do it. Um, and with the Cowboys, it's a lot of uh, it's a lot of the same it's a it's a lot of the same narrative that it's been in recent history. And and you know one thing that really drove it home for me since you're talking about Dak as well, KT, is I don't know if y'all saw Tony Dungy's tweet this morning, right? About um, you know when uh, Lashawn McCoy was on that show with our good friend David Hellman. And uh, LaShawn McCoy really went hard at uh, on Dak and was really critical of him. And Tony Dungy goes, was at Cut, Cut Dime 25 watching this game, listed out Dak's stats, said his first one, arm was hit as he threw, second one, right in the receiver's hands, blah, blah, blah. And then Dallas gave up 503 yards and 40 points and the loss is all on Dak. And my first instinct was like, oh my God, that's Tony Romo Broncos. Like that's exactly like, you know, he has this entire wonderful game. He gets stepped on or he steps on a foot or something and throws the ending interception and and everyone's talking about Romo. And I'm not being a Dak apologist here, but I'm just saying like there there's a lot more issues than it just the quarterback position. So when you run through the roster, I do think a lot of it does lie with the quarterback um, and the interceptions. And it's definitely a problem. But for me, it's timeliness of plays um, up and down the roster throughout. Yeah, I, the LeSean McCoy thing, though, I mean, come on now. 
I, watch that show, show enough. He's, yeah, yes. it's, this is it's for sure. We're WWE wrestling here. We're playing heels. We're rowdy, rowdy Piper. Like, come you on, you watch that show because I, I love no, Dave. no, but I don't Dave's know that anybody does like like <laughs> on a daily basis. But on Twitter, it's going to have like the biggest clips and things like that. And yeah. every time I've heard Lashawn, I shouldn't say every time. I would say most of the times I've heard Lashawn McCoy talk about the Cowboys. I just am like. Oh, so you don't watch the games? Cool. Okay. So what's your next? Yeah. So when I see that, you're just kind of like, okay, how much of this am I going to listen to after listening to this? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's one of those things where when someone gives you a little bit of 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 one take on this, and it's so ridiculous, why would I go and you know what? I wonder what he thinks about how this Knicks winning streak is going. Like, why would you stay with that? Right. Like, I don't. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, no, very very professional wrestling there. Um, so I I don't really. I don't think that people should be overly concerned with that. I think that Dak was the reason they lost that game is is silly. Uh, I mean, I thought J. Ryan Curse was amazing in the locker room uh, yesterday just talking about how anytime that their offense scores 34 points, the Cowboys should win that game, no matter who they're playing against. That That's just the defense is good enough. It has the talent. If everybody's bought in doing their job, not even having to do anything crazy, just don't bite on double moves. Uh, you know, don't give up big plays, just be sure handed, you know, solid sound tackling 34 points. That's enough to beat every team in the league, let alone the Jacksonville Jaguars. And this has been multiple weeks. So, um, yeah, keep throwing two interceptions a game and obviously you're not going to go deep in the playoffs, but, um, I don't think that you want, you want to take away Dak's aggressiveness. I really don't. I, cause I ultimately think for them to reach Arizona, he's going to have to be aggressive. He's not going to be just, hey, hey, just sit back there. Go ahead. Just take what's there. Take what's there and just keep them. Because like even with the Philadelphia a little bit, there is a little bit of 2016 Cowboys vibes there where just like everything seems to be going right for for the Eagles. You know, I mean, Jalen Hurts can almost do no wrong throwing or running the ball. A.J. Brown, like you talked about. It seems like every move that Howie Roseman made has been working out for them for the most part. Um so yeah, they're on a they're on a great run, but just like 2016 Cowboys, that can that can be derailed real quickly on, on just a, a, you know a, a bad quarter, you know, and all yeah. of a sudden here we go, and and you and you get knocked out by a team that you know you should have beaten, like the Cowboys should have beaten that Packers team in 2016. So just because they're because to me right now they're clearly playing they're the best team in the NFL. When Jalen Hurts is healthy, they've been the best team in the NFL this year, no question. But that doesn't get you to to the Super Bowl. Like you got to go and, and play those playoff games. The reason I brought up the uh, thing about the Packers, though, KT, is because, I mean, I thought that was one of the interesting quotes from Mike McCarthy after the game on Sunday was that, um, you know, he goes, I've been at this long enough to know that at the end of 17 games, it all sorts itself out. I've been the number one seed in the playoffs and been knocked on my ass and then won it from the fifth seed, which was actually, you know, the sixth seed. But so um, that's why I brought that up. So, yeah, there's a lot of parallels. Yeah. It's fair for him to say that. I mean, he's he has been around a long time and has, you know, it, that, that's all fair and fine. Like, I I think for me, it's even less about like playoff positioning, although it would have been more about it if we were, you know, maybe talking more about that today because you would have won that game. It's more about getting healthy, getting the right mindset. When you've got defensive players talking about buy-in and assignments and stuff like that, that's kind of confusing when we were riding this wave, but hey man, football's weird and you're going to have a bad week here and there and things are going to happen. Injuries are going to be tough. They are forced to avoid man coverage on at least one part of the field, you know, or, or, or take the risk of 
bad things happening. I mean, the the big problem with everything that happened on Sunday, well, a couple things. Let me reverse it to the offensive side of the ball real quick. You know, Dak, if, if that's not second and 18, he probably doesn't throw that ball. Yeah. He knew it was second 18, knew they needed to probably get a little closer if they were going to get a first down. He throws it first interception. And I don't want to see Dak in a game of whatever the score is. If it's second and 18, be thinking, well, let me just throw it away and we'll take our chances on third and 18. Make a play, try to go make a play. I'm okay with that. The problem is it was 27 to 10, right? Yeah, and, and I almost also- feel like the I almost feel like the backlash is less in like a one score game than if you're up by 17. Right. Yeah. And KT, just real quick before you go on your other uh, points on that, like I think another Packer parallel, but this is this predates the Aaron Rodgers Packers is like, you know, you don't you just like Brett Favre was one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL for a long time. And and he was really fun to watch and really good. But again, you you know, he was the gunslinger, just, you know, throw whatever. And, and Dak's not doing that right now. But I'm just saying, like, you don't want to get to that territory, I guess. Where, you know, you saw in Minnesota when he threw the pick to Tracy Porter. You saw at Lambeau when he threw the pick against the Giants in 2007. Um, you don't, you don't want to get to the point where you're costing games with your aggressiveness. So you want to calibrate just enough to where you're not ridiculously bad Brett Favre throwing games away. But you're also not Alex Smith. And you're not like, you know, doing like where you're a good quarterback but too conservative. You want to, yeah. you want to get that middle of peak Brett Favre and peak Alex Smith and, and kind of hit that middle ground. So I think you're absolutely right about that. Deck hasn't been that guy no. in in a long time, you know, and I think there's a bit of a perception that he is that way. I think that's probably got to be a race now by, by watching it. And, you know, Noah Brown was very like, hey, I got to make the catch and all that stuff. Um, but, you know, the other big play in that game, and I think that's the bigger issue moving forward. To me, the interceptions are not the big issue moving forward. The big issue moving forward is you don't have a second cornerback. And they ran Nashawn right out there for 20 snaps because they couldn't afford to keep Kelvin Joseph on the field for the whole game. Well, I don't know if that's enough time for Nashawn Wright to get any confidence going or anything like that. So there's a part of me that's like, I would rather just live and die with Kelvin Joseph than just run some guys out here and see what works to stop the leak. I don't know how they're going to handle it. Um, I think it's been talked about a little bit. Kelvin Joseph has played well against Devontae Smith in a game before in college, in one game. But, dude, that's that's not getting fixed, and that's not getting fixed in the playoffs. Like, cornerbacks aren't on the street. They're not there. So, figure yeah. it out. And that's going to be, like, that's going to come at the cost of not being able to do, I think, what you want up front some of the time because you're going to have to have help back there on that side of the field. And I think that's the... The big issue is just like the overall overall what that does to the whole defense. Yeah, like I don't really care about that other corner making a ton of plays either. I just think yeah. that other corner needs to be solid. Doesn't have to go out there and be trying to pick off passes and, and gamble on plays. If you get a pick thrown to you, by all means, you know, capitalize, but just be solid, assignment sound. That's what they need from that other cornerback spot. So whoever that other player is, I think they're gonna lean towards that way as opposed to Calvin Joseph, like you said, he had he, okay, so he has that good game before, and maybe he has a good game on Sunday. But can you trust him or on Saturday? Can you trust him the following week? Can you trust him in the playoffs? Can you trust him in multiple multiple playoff games in a row? That's where I I have a lot of questions about that. So then all of a sudden you got to go with the guy that let's be honest, Anthony Brown. It's not like he was making tons of plays, but 
he would give up some plays, but for the most part, he was pretty solid across the board, solid veteran player. That's what they need. They don't, they don't need somebody to come in there and be, you know, Oh, uh, James Bradbury or Darius Slay, you know, they need someone to find somebody that they, they think knows, will know, know the defense, know their assignment, not try and play hero ball and just be solid. That's what they need from that spot. You give up a big play here or there. That's fine, but you can't be doing gambling all the time and, 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 and being in the wrong spot because you don't know what's going on. You know, the other thing too is like, okay, we can talk like we need that. I also have problems with Davis Mills and then they've used Jeff Driscoll. Davis Mills had maybe his best game as a pro against you. And we're all weeks at a time and we've been talking about Micah for a little bit. And I think that's where I kind of want to change the conversation to right now. They're... Uh, we, he's admitted it. Like when he says it, and he keeps it real all the time, as we know, he's admitted it's been a, a little bigger toll on his body. So if we're doing less snaps at defensive end and maybe he's playing a little more linebacker, you know, how does that change things? Is it good? I mean, that's the thing. You got torched the other day, and Trevor Lawrence had a really good game. You also got gashed on the ground. And maybe your run defense is better if he's playing linebacker. I don't know how you feel about this, John, but I'm interested in how they – you know, implement him in the last three weeks? And also, how do they protect him in the last three weeks to have the best Micah available for the playoffs? Well, I don't think there's any question his best his best spot is, is that edge rusher, and that's where they're going to have yeah. him most of the time. But I think with Leighton Vander Esch being out, which could be for the rest of the regular season, uh, it's not, I mean, he's out for this game. Sounds like he's going to be out for the next one as well. You know, maybe they play him in that, in that season finale. I don't know. It might not even matter, so maybe they don't there. Um, but with him out, I think that that's a good spot to get Micah some more work at linebacker just because, let's be honest, the toll that that playing defensive end is taking on him is, is I mean, there's noticeable wear. I mean, nothing major, nothing that's getting him on the injury report, but he's, you know, he's he's not 100%, and you need him as close to 100% in the playoffs as possible because I need games in the playoffs where you can just go to him and, hey, you're, you're DN the entire game, you're pinning your ears back, we're trying to get you to wreck this game because we know if you do that, then we're moving on to the next round. You know, we're not trying to get cute here. We're, this is, this is to win, you know, this is to win the whole damn thing. That's how I feel about Dak at quarterback too. It's when you, once you get in the playoffs, you know, you start running more than you were before. If, if it's there, you know, uh, you start fighting for extra first downs, things like that. Cause it's winner go home. And so in that case, I want Mike at edge rusher, but his last three games, I think I think it makes some sense to to uh, you know maybe work him a little bit more at linebacker. I don't know I don't know that that'll necessarily help the run defense uh, and improve that. I mean, heck, you look at the the games that he's played the most at linebacker; those have been some of the Cowboys' worst games defensively. So I don't know that that's the answer. I'm more factor factoring in how do I get him as close to being uh, healthy as possible once the playoffs start because because he is the type of guy. I go back to that Minnesota game the way it started, and he is the type of guy that if he goes off. I mean, it just, it can end the other team's season. I mean, as long as the offense is just okay, if if Micah is just wrecking shop, I mean, you're moving on to the next round. I mean, he's that type of impact player. Yeah, I mean, honestly, on, on just on that note real quick, let's not forget, we were talking about this defense not, like, they coming out of the season hadn't allowed 20 points for whatever string of games that was when, when Cooper Rush was playing. It was, are you talking about 34 points being able to win a football game? We were talking about how 20 points was all you needed to win a football game because they weren't giving up 20 points. And Micah Parsons, you know, was like Noah where his sacks all came in pairs and, you know, everything was, you know, everything was grooving. And I think, you know, Micah is that kind of guy who, you know, one game, a one-man game wrecker. And, and I think, you know, the defense 
rides off of his energy as well. So what you're saying, Sad, is you think they need to go back to Cooper Rush? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what I got out of that. Hold on, we'll go to a commercial break and we'll come back and talk more about that. And then I'm going to cut up whatever you say. I'm going to put it on Twitter and tag everybody, <laughs> the whole team. Damn right. Some real highbrow entertainment. <laughs> and it's not even like the most, it's not even like the worst of shows like that, though, you know? <laughs> you know, that's the thing. Um, I'm, how do you know I'm talking about a show? I didn't oh, say anything. What could I possibly be talking about? This stuff's awesome. While we're on Leighton for a minute, um, why would he play the next <laughs> three games? I mean, let's not take any chances with a neck, right? It's actually more of a shoulder. They were worried it was okay. neck, and so they dodged a bullet there, uh, no question. Because right. if it was neck, I think that that's where you're looking at season ending because they're not going to mess around with that. But it actually ended up being more of a shoulder issue. So, yeah, you know, kind of, uh, um, you know, kind of, I don't know how to word this, P police him. So, you know, yeah, don't let him go out there. And because he really is a guy that only kind of knows one speed. So uh, get him back out there for the playoffs. Because then that's the thing, like, you know, your rush defense could look not that great. I think it'll look better just without Jalen Hurts playing. I, I don't I, I don't think Miles Sanders will run all over him. It's possible, but I don't necessarily see that. But even if you have that next couple of games, then all of a sudden you open the playoffs. We'll say it's at Tampa Bay. Um, you're getting Leighton back. You're getting Jonathan Hankins back. I mean, those two moves alone should improve your your rush defense quite a bit. So even though it might not look great these next few weeks, you are getting some reinforcements that should help your run defense pr pretty significantly once the playoffs start. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Is there a uh, 
any piece of you that's thought at all about the playoffs and the potential of it being someone outside of Tampa Bay? Or are you just not there yet? You taking it no, no, one I mean, week I, at a time, stacking one day up up after another? Trying to put good days on top of good days, KT. Yeah. Yeah, and I definitely do that. That's definitely a part of my um, process. I mean, yeah, just when I go and, and <laughs> put on a T-shirt in the morning, I just go through all all of those same ones that Kent has, you know, fight, um, we ha, do. we do. I have them all, so I, I, I it gets me going and gets me focused, and then I make my bed and I'm ready to go. Ha. No, um, <laughs> I would say I have looked at the NFC South because it looks like, you know, that'll be who you're playing, and obviously you would like to avoid Tom Brady, but I just look at the NFC South and I'm like, if you're going to have to open on the road, I mean, that's about as good of a matchup as you're going to get. I understand, you know, obviously them beating Minnesota 40 to three people would be like, well, I'd rather play the Vikings. I get that. But out of the teams that you could potentially play there, that's going to be that fourth seed because they won their division. I mean, I think any of those, they should beat any one of those NFC South teams, Tom Brady, whatever. They should beat any one of those. Now, will they do it? That's another thing. But like I've said on previous podcasts, there is a part of me that also thinks what that could possibly do for them if they get past Tom Brady and just the storylines that'll come with that and what kind of, uh, you know, uh, momentum that could give the team. I don't know if you went and played Minnesota again and then beat the crap out of them if moving on to the next round that that really rallies you like you know, knocking out Tom Brady and moving to the next round and then going and playing at Philadelphia. Um, I guess the other alternative would be uh, the other, you know, division winner will be San Francisco. So beating them, I think too, would, would give you some momentum because of the fact that you lost them last year. It's a team that is still mentioned in the locker room. J Ron talked about that the other day, you know, they still talk about that. You know, that the taste that was left in their mouth, losing to that Niners team at home, obviously now the Niners with Brock Purdy doesn't look like the same team that, you know, Debo's beat up. Obviously, it's still an amazing defense. So, uh, but I, yeah, I, I'm 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 pretty convinced that it's going to be Cowboys versus Bucks. If they win that game, they go to Philly, and I think that game's a coin flip. But we'll see if it plays out that way. There is a world where the Giants could win out, get to eleven five and one, even though you'd have the tiebreaker with them. But you would uh, now you would have to stumble, uh, you know two more times right but yeah you know i just look at what could happen saturday if you play no you'd have to again, stumble all three right uh no because because if you would uh you would be technically 11 and 6 and they would be 10 5 and 1 you would be 11 yeah you'd be 11 and 6 they would be 10 6 and 1 wait hold on hold on hold on uh, oh yeah my scenario here is uh they they would be 11 5 and 1 and you would be yeah. 11 and 6 Okay, so you'd have to, you would stumble twice. They would win all three. The Gi- uh, Giants have at Vikings, Colts, and then at Eagles, which I'm assuming the Eagles will not be playing, right? Uh, or trying to win. Um, but we've seen how those games That'll go be in the last XFL week of the year team? too. This is where I kind of go like uh, you know you, if you dropped one, a little fun thing, right? You drop one. There's the possibility that you would switch 49ers and and Vikings. Uh, and it could be one of those teams yeah, that could be interesting. You're, I don't know. You're I, talking I, about possibly losing on purpose. Is that what I'm getting? <laughs> I'm tank. I'm t- I'm talking about at all odds being two situations. Situation one: give yourself a bye week. There's no reason to play week 18 in Washington. Right. Unnecessary. Give yourself a bye week. 
Your bye week was in week nine this year. Let's have one after week 18. And then my other thing is, this is less about the opponent. Get as healthy as possible, and that's by taking that bye week. So it's two things locked into one. And I would, you know, personally, just us talking, I would rather play at Minnesota than – I know Tampa Bay looks bad. I just – look. Yeah. I'm sorry. He's the goblin. I don't want to mess with the goblin. I'll mess with, you know, the turkey, Kirk Cousins. So, so week 18, you're thinking maybe call up Danucci, see if he wants to start? Oh, hell yeah, man. He's just selling those hats. Selling those hats, slinging it sidearm. Get the nooch in here. Throw the ball over the mountain. I'm on board. I, it's going to be an XFL training camp. Hey, then, I don't throwing think. the ball over the mountain, pretty sure that's the guy they're playing this week. Uh, they kind of are. I mean, we're going to talk about living in vans and throwing the ball over the mountain, the facial hair, the whole deal. I think that's the guy that they might be facing on Saturday. And he's going to he go win one Uncle for Rico. each. You know, I, like, hey, hey, that is kind of interesting. I get it. I mean, I understand that he went and he went to the uh, memorial service and he spoke at it. I haven't listened listened to. It. I heard it was it was really good, but it was just awesome. interesting. Yeah, it was just interesting though because it was like, hey, you're getting a chance to start this week, and then so he was on the injury report yesterday for you know he did not practice whatever, which I'm. I'm pretty confident they probably did the same thing the Cowboys did yesterday, or well, as we're recording this, I'm on Monday. It was a walkthrough type thing, like Micah didn't participate in that, so that's probably what it was. But I just found it interesting. It was like, oh yeah, he wasn't there. Um, but then when they, you know, they practiced today, he he practiced, but um, uh, obviously Jalen Hurts didn't for uh, a second day. So again, I don't see Jalen Hurts playing in this game. I do think they will be uh, Gardner Minshew. So how bad would it be if Gardner Minshew beats him? That gonna be ugly times in here. That'll be their first back to back losses of the season. I don't even know. Like, is that is that panic worthy? Because I mean, it depends on how, right? I mean, you right can't, for sure. Like, yeah. I, I don't <laughs> think I, I think how depends a lot on that. Yeah. Well, you're, you're gonna be getting because if Minshew's out there throwing it over the mountains, and you're just like, hey, <laughs> there's only so much we can do. Then there's only so much you can do. But like, if we're in the boat of the NFC's crazy, um, so. The five, six, or seven seed doesn't matter. And I'll tell you, I'm wanting to avoid San Francisco at all costs, even with Brock Purdy, who I don't think is good. Um, you need to be worried I, about the Lions. No, go on. Sorry. Well, okay. <laughs> well, you're kind of on my point, though. Whatever happens to Philadelphia, we know this game means less for Philadelphia than it does for anyone else, right? At Tennessee, that is going to be a desperate Tennessee team next week. Okay, uh, they're going to have to. They're probably in a situation where they need to win to put themselves in a place to get in because the Jacksonville Jaguars are coming. And then in Week 18 at Washington, and Washington is fighting off the Detroit Lions and the Seahawks, and hell, the Packers are still in it. Like, there's a lot of teams there, kind of like scrapping and clawing. So, like. You might get a situation where you're taking on two desperate teams. That doesn't mean like, oh, they're desperate. That doesn't mean. But like, I want to be in a position to where I'm comfy. So that's, I think, where winning on Saturday night really makes you more comfortable about where you're at being the, you know, the five or the six. And then you can kind of, if you want to, start just kind of gearing up for the postseason. And I'm not a big big uh, believer in like week to week momentum. Although I think NFL players will tell you they are. So I get that. But I also think like once a game starts and like one bad thing happens, well, there went the role we were on. I always view momentum like just a good blackjack gambling streak. <laughs> so I just, I, there's a part of me that's like, 
that that's where I, I mean, maybe it's me just searching for importance in this game because I'm deflated by what happened on Sunday. Because hey. I was really psyched about this thing and putting the Eagles in a situation to maybe stumble in the last two weeks and really getting things going. But you know, and you live in the DFW area, so you don't have to go anywhere. Imagine being Eagles fan early in the season or when the schedule came out that planned this whole trip. Like, not only are you now going to a game that doesn't mean much, the travel around this weekend is the worst <laughs> time to travel. I just saw the Dallas Morning News had a story about, I think it's Friday. It's either Friday or I think it's Friday. It's like the worst travel day that they have at DFW Airport all year long. Like, so you're all, because I was thinking about it from the beat writer's perspective. I'm like, man, these Eagles writers got to come up here for this. And then you fly back on Christmas Day. Like, the fact that at least, you know, we're here and we don't have to go anywhere. But for the Eagles side of it, man, this is just, because there will be Eagles fans, obviously, at this game that have made the trip down, not just like local ones. I just think, man, there's got to be some buyer's remorse there on getting those tickets back when they did. Just because what you thought you were probably going to be able to see is this this great matchup. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. I, I It's still, like Saad said, it matters how the game goes, you know? It, yeah. If if the defense looks sound, which I, I I anticipate they will. I mean, look at the way that the defense looked after they played. They had a very similar game against Green Bay where you're just like, man, that the offense did enough. I understand there was the Dak interception. The offense did enough to win this game. And then you look at how the defense responded the following week against the Vikings, and they just clobber them 40-3. to three. Like I said, Micah set the tone early there. If they come out and play like that, it doesn't matter if it's Gardner Minshew or uh, – I think Ian Book is their backup, I believe, or their third string guy. It wouldn't matter who the quarterback is. I think that they would really, you know, they would prefer to be able to ride that momentum and finish the season strong like that, uh, as opposed to getting in some shootout with Gardner Minshew and then they they lose that game. That's two losses in a row. You start getting that feeling like last year when they lost at Kansas City and and uh, Las Vegas and back to back, and that was when you really first started saying like, "Oh, this doesn't look like it's going in a good direction," you know. So, yeah, yeah. And- I, I think it's all uh, poor Bo Wolf, by the way. Thoughts and prayers to him coming <laughs> on down here. Uh, right. So shout out to our, our friends over at Birds with Friends. Um, but th- there's something too about so like if you look at everything that happened last week, and you can easily go that was one game. But I just felt like we were kind of trending this way. Like, so you blew, you blow out the Texans like we thought. And granted, the Chiefs just messed around with them. And I, I started getting – it's weird because the injury thing is different. But I started to feel the same thing I was starting to feel last year when it was kind of clear that some of those wins were, you know, maybe not as impressive as we thought. So when that happens last week, and granted, Jacksonville's a good team. He's on a roll. And seeing that you're up 17 and blowing it and not being able to stop the run and guys are hurt and Hankins is hurt and he can't stop the run and not that Hankins was the only guy stopping the run anyways and Kelvin Joseph, it, it almost like I ended up going, well, I feel like that's all I need to know about this one. I what like, if, and I'm not – there's no give up. I'm not throwing anything in the trash. It's like I feel like this is – it's always something with the Cowboys and I try to – I think people on these podcasts who listen every week, I'm a Packers fan, so I follow them. I follow the Cowboys much uh, more closely than I follow the Packers. But when you watch things from a whole different perspective with another team, and then I, it does help give you like just the thought process. 
dude, I knew that Packers team was done a long time ago. And this is kind of where I went. Uh, this is not the year. And I don't know what why. if that's their last loss happened. What if that's their last loss? Just went out the rest of this regular season, beat Tampa, <laughs> beat Philadelphia, beat the Niners, beat Mahomes in Kansas City, boom, parade. What if this was the last loss? See, when you spell it out like that, it just seems it impossible. It seems so simple, right? See, you know what? You beat Jacksonville, and that sounds more possible. <laughs> if you couldn't even win Jacksonville's Super Bowl, how are you going to win the Super Bowl? Yeah, man. <laughs> I, I feel like... I, <laughs> I feel like losing at Detroit at the end of that 2010 season for the Packers probably didn't feel like they were about to go on a run either, but... You know, stuff happens. I just don't like the comparison between the two, to be honest. I just don't. The team did not expect to be. This team has known they're in the playoffs for a month. Maybe they're playing with their food. They're just waiting to play up to their, their, their playing up to their <laughs> opponents. I feel like if they were healthy, we would be. I would still have Super Bowl aspirations for this team. I, Schedule. I agree. All uh, seating, all that. I. I just think they're so banged up. It's going to take a lot for them. <laughs> Guys are going to have to. Uh, put yeah, the team on their I, back. I, they're the, certainly you know, banged up, but I don't feel like they're banged up at the really costly spots. I mean, yeah, you lose Terrence Steele and you replace him with Tyron Smith. Like Dak You're was out. There. Dak is back. CD Lamb is healthy. Micah Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence, Trayvon Diggs. You know, we could easily be sitting here talking about Trayvon Diggs is out for the season and how we're going to patch together Jordan Lewis, Anthony Brown, and Kelvin Joseph. I mean, there's still a lot of key pieces there. Uh, that are healthy, that would be the thing that, I guess in the other part with me is I just, I, th- I think very highly, uh, and, and I think it'll be very difficult to beat Buffalo or Kansas City, mainly because they've kind of been there and done that. Like, the Eagles obviously have played outstanding, but even with like this little bit of an injury thing here now with Jalen Hurts, how does that impact him? Is he still running the way he was when he comes back? Like, I'm not saying that the injury is going to limit him. I'm saying like mentally, is he playing the exact same way he was before? Because if he's not, they're not nearly as dangerous. The reason that they're so dangerous and playing so well is because he has been outstanding both in the passing and running game. If you make them one-dimensional, they're not like that type of team. And, and, and I just go back to this because, you know, you don't have Tom Brady with, with a great supporting cast right now. You don't have Aaron Rodgers with a great supporting cast right now. And so, yes, Josh Allen has a good supporting cast. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, those guys obviously scare you. Jo- Joe Burrow, you only have to play one of them, and you wouldn't play them until Arizona. I just look at the NFC, and I'm just like, all right, so you're going to sit here and you're, you know, we're going to say the Cowboys are going to lose in the first round, whatever. It, does Tampa Bay really think they're going to the Super Bowl because they beat the Cowboys in the first round? I mean, there's no way that they could literally think that. Minnesota, do you think Minnesota's fans, with, let's not act like they just throw, lay eggs against the Cowboys. I mean, they probably should have yeah. lost to the Colts and they lay eggs like crazy. Uh, San Francisco is on Brock Purdy as their quarterback. Is anybody in San Francisco going to be stunned in a playoff game when Brock Purdy throws like three interceptions and they go home? I mean, like if you no. don't expect that, you're living in fairy tale land. Okay, so that leaves you with an Eagles team that is, has a quarterback that's never won a game and a bunch of other like Seahawks or Giants or Washington. Like I just look at the or rest Lions. of the NFC or Lions. Lions. Well, I disagree about the Bucks. I think the Bucks think they have a think as long as they have Tom Brady, they have a chance. And that would be silly. What if, the ca- what if, I mean, throw out a crazy scenario. What if the Cowboys end up playing the Lions and lose in the playoffs? And that's how the season ends. They should have lost to the Lions and whatever that was, 2014. That Detroit team. What, what happens? 
Honestly, Man, I would be I would, the biggest Lions fan of I all be, time down the stretch just because I, of the story. <laughs> I would be so crushed. I wouldn't want it to happen, but wow. Yeah, that would be wild. Dan Campbell, and then the Dan next Campbell Cowboys head coach. Would be the just, coach of the Cowboys next year when McCarthy got fired. Walks right over to right over the sideline just starts biting off hey, the Don't leave the stadium. But I want oh. to say two things. We're going to do picks in a minute. We got our, our, our Christmas wishes for, for the Cowboys. Um, there are two big moments that I that stick with me from our post game podcast that we do. And it's just another year of covering the Cowboys. Right, week one when we all convene and we're hearing that it's bad news and we're calling the season over. <laughs> well, I was. I want to speak for everyone. I was. And then week six, when the Eagles crushed the Cowboys in the first half, Cowboys played great in the second half with their backup quarterback. And John reports back from the locker room. He goes, that locker room did not seem down at all about that loss. I'm paraphrasing, of course. I don't want to violate any uh, journalism standards here. But your, your your tone and your words, John, indicated that was a Cowboys team who felt good about the second half and knew they would get the Eagles next time once they got their quarterback. And I just think about that and then where we are now, and my mind is just blown at how this team never ceases to amaze with just crazy stuff at all times. Right, but also there also is another way you can look at that. You literally, ever since you got Dak back, in every game, you've either won or been up by at least two touchdowns going yeah. into the fourth quarter. Like, your percentage chances of winning those, I mean, they should be undefeated since Dak has gotten back. They've played well enough to clearly win every single game since they've had Dak back in the lineup. So their ceiling is very high, you know? So that's that's I think that's the biggest thing with me that keeps me thinking, like, I wouldn't just count them out, and they do seem like the type of team that could get hot at the right time. But then again... I had I had thoughts that that could potentially happen last year, and obviously it didn't. So I mean, that is right. there is PTSD there. That's for sure for all Cowboys fans. I completely understand it. Let's fly through the picks. I'm going to do it. Cowboys twenty eight twenty one. Okay. I'm going Cowboys thirty one. Fighting Minshew's twenty eight. Mm. Son, I had yeah, I actually had thirty one twenty eight too, uh, but I got the Eagles winning. So 3128 Eagles. Oh, Sad said fly Eagles fly. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'm this one's tough, man. Just flip a coin. Uh, Yeah, I'll flip a coin for Eagles 30 to 29. Ooh. You got you. The uh, line, the line is like four and a half right now. Just FYI. Are you guys both in the belief that it's Minshew? Yes. Yes. I, yeah. I'm I'm again I'm again going a little bit by the vibes. I just think it'd be very Cowboys esque, uh, a team that lost um, to the Houston expansion Houston Texans expansion team, a team that Eli Manning signed in the locker room. It just makes sense for Gardner Minshew to put on his uh, uh you know division champion T shirts in the Cowboys locker room. The, the, this is a Cowboys team that's seven and one at home this year, guys. I don't know if Ooh. you're factor that in. That makes it all the more likely that the Eagles will win. I literally was going to go 31-28 regardless who started at quarterback for them. I, I just I yeah. got a feeling that's what it's going to be. I think the Cowboys do win this game. I just the way that they've played after losses, I think they'll win. The Eagles are 13 and 1. 
their nearest um, competitor in the NFC has three losses in the Vikings, and they have the tiebreaker over Minnesota as well. It is sheer negligence um, if they let him play. Uh, okay, we've got to get out of here. Let's do our Christmas wishes real quick on the fly, and I will tell you what mine is. My Christmas wish for the Cowboys is just Richard Sherman stepping out of that Amazon Amazon booth and just maybe happens to be in playing shape still, been working out secretly on the side, comes in, plays some cornerback, and, uh, you know, does it. Uh, he's just like an upgrade. That's eh, mine. I'll go, I'll go with mine as, you know, again, keeping it realistic. You're not wishing for... Um, Anthony Brown to come back or anything like that. I, I think for me, it's just for the injury bug to go away. Just, just stop. Like wherever, whatever's happened so far is fine, but like they just need to stay healthy the rest of the way. Like, um, you know, the guys they've lost. I still think, like John said, they haven't lost enough to where, um, where it, it really should be, you know, a death blow. But they can't afford to lose too much more. Can't. Mine's for the Dallas Cowboys. To win the Super Bowl. All right. Yeah, just, yeah. Oh, interesting. <laughs> More of a stocking stuffer, actually, that I do have. I have a potential kettle celebration, fellas. Tell me what you think of this. Ezekiel Elliott scores a touchdown, jumps in the kettle, stays in the kettle, ducks down, out pops a Muppet version of Ezekiel Elliott to celebrate. Uh, um, I like Amazing. that. Amazing. Okay. Yeah. That'd be great. I'll be handing that I'll be handing that to Mike McCarthy tomorrow. Um <laughs> I I was gonna go with one of those cornerbacks emerge, but I feel like KT kind of touched on that. Then I was gonna go with Tyron Smith staying healthy, because I believe if he stays healthy for the rest of this, they're great they're they're good to go at right tackle. But Saad mentioned injury, so I'm gonna go with a little bit of a turn back the clock, not four or five years ago, but just maybe a couple years ago on T.Y. Hilton. They got a T.Y. Hilton of a couple years ago. I'm not asking for five, six, seven catches a game. I'm talking three, four catches a game. Maybe a guy that comes up and makes a, a you know, I don't know, first down grab on third and third and uh, oh, I don't know, four Big in overtime or something guy. like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So he said he yeah. can still run. So there you go. He goes. I got, I got, I got wheels. That didn't go away. So take the top off of the defense, as they say. Um, well, we'll uh, be in touch with you uh, after the game, I guess. This will convene on that. Uh, for Father John Michaud, for Saad Youssef, for our producer Kent Garrison, thank you so much for listening. Have a happy and safe holidays. And we'll be in touch with you if anything emergency were to happen in the next few days and things like that. So from us at About Them Cowboys, go Cowboys. And we'll see you a little bit later. Cowboy,